Welcome back, everybody, to another edition of Unbashful. If it's your first time here, I want to thank you for stopping by. My name is Nicholas Doucette. I'm an aspiring screenwriter, actor, and podcaster, uh, and I just love cinema. I'm a cinema nerd, and I try to talk about movies and TV every single week. Um, sometimes life gets in the way, so it might be um, every other week, but I try to aim for one episode a week, and that's what we're doing here today. And we've talked about on this channel the James Gunn news. We've speculated on you know what what he could announce, what he won't announce, how much will he announce. And the last episode I did with a couple of friends of mine, um, we were talking about this news, and, and we were you know I mentioned that James Gunn made it a point that these announcements were going to be coming out this month, and that was like three days ago. And I was saying to myself, okay, well we're nearing the end. So, you know, is he going to delay it? Um, and then of course he came through on the final day here of January. And, uh, before I give you all of my thoughts and we get into these announcements, um, let me actually just, sorry, list the announcements first, because if you don't know, uh, I might as well fill you in. Um, and just, you know, one thing on a side note, uh, my voice probably sounds a little different. Um, there's, I'm having some kind of voice, like, or my, my throat's, something's going on with it. I wouldn't say I'm sick. I just kind of woke up feeling a little bit strange this morning, a little bit of raspiness in my throat. So I do apologize about that. Um, but let me pull up the article here that I was reading. It has a list of all the new James Gunn announcements, and I'll just go through it from top to bottom. Uh, Hollywood Reporter... DC movies. Okay. All right. So starting off here, we have Creature Commandos. Actually, you know, before I get into this, let me just talk about the announcement video James Gunn put out. And he addressed the lack of continuity between the DC universe in the last several years. Um, and he made it a point that his words, not mine. He said, our job, me and Peter's job is to come in and connect everything, have the same actors and have everything told in a, in a, in a streamlined story that feeds into one another. However, he did make it clear that you will have these other spinoff films like the Batman, uh, like Todd Phillips, Joker. And he says that these will be categorized as Elseworld projects. So I like that he made that distinction. I never thought I was never really worried that Matt Reeves' Batman universe was in jeopardy. I was never worried that Todd Phillips' Joker Fully Ado was in jeopardy. I mean, just for the simple fact that Fully Ado is in the middle of production. Now, it's not unheard of for films that get canned even after they're done shooting. Of course, that happened with the Batgirl. But I think that was a very different uh, scenario. I don't think the studio was entirely confident in the direction of, of where that film was going or even how the film was in general from... Uh, you know, screenings and, and things like that. The reception wasn't very good, but we'll never know. That's a whole other can of worms. We'll, ne we'll never know. Maybe that Batgirl film was peak DC. But from all accounts, it wasn't. So it's nice to hear. It's nice to get that assurance that the Batman will continue. And uh, we do know that the sequel... Uh, from the Matt Reeves Batman has an official date of, I believe, October 23rd, 2025. And uh, that's that's right around when I suspected anyways. Uh, I think Matt Reeves is still writing the script, and I believe Robert Pattinson is off shooting a film with uh, the director from Parasite. So he's going to be busy for a little while. And, you know, I think that's more than enough time anyways. It gives Matt Reeves, you know, more time to flesh out the script. He says he's about halfway done. And of course, the rewrites and all kinds of things will happen is, uh, along the way. So I think that's a healthy amount of time. And the film is is going to be simply called The Batman Part 2. And I'm glad. I think that's fitting. It's simple. Uh, I mean, at the end of the day, a title doesn't really impact the film. But, you know, there's rumors that Mr. Freeze is going to be the antagonist. I... I I would, I would have found it a little bit cheesy to call it like the Batman frozen in Gotham or something like that. I don't know, but I'm getting ahead of myself here. But so yeah, let me just to get that out the way, I'm glad that James Gunn addressed that. And he talked about how the priority is to create a 
connected story and a connected cinematic universe. We all suspected that, um, but I'm glad he addressed that before even getting into the announcements. So with that out the way, let's get into the announcements here. So we're going to start off with uh, uh, Creature Commandos. Um, this is slated as a seven-episode animated series written by Gunn that is already in production. Originally a team of classic monsters assembled to fight Nazis. This is a modern take on the concept. Uh, the voice actors have yet to be cast, but the executives are looking to find people who can voice the animated characters and also portray the live-action versions from the anti-hero show up in movies and series. That's pretty interesting, so it's, it's very similar to what Marvel's done with What If. You have the actors from, obviously, the MCU coming in and doing... Uh, voice acting like you have Benedict Cumberbatch, you have RDJ, so uh, that's pretty interesting. I'm not going to lie, I know nothing about Creature Commandos, just from my very little research I did uh, before the show here. Apparently, the team consists of Rick Flagg's father. Uh, Rick Flagg is, of course, from the Suicide Squad, a Weasel. Um, and just looking at the photo here, all these other characters I know nothing about. So that's uh, the first project that will be an animated series um, up next. We have Waller and a, and a spinoff of James of James Gunn's own HBO Max hit series, Peacemaker. Viola Davis will return as a ruthless and morally ambiguous head of a government task force. It is being written by uh, Crystal Henry. Uh, she was, of course, behind Watchmen. Um, and Jeremy Carver, the creator of the Doom Patrol series. And I know the Doom Patrol series has quite a large fan base. A friend of mine was actually uh, talking to me about the show yesterday, or a few days ago, because we were talking about Brendan Fraser, and then he told me how um, Brendan Fraser's a Doom Patrol, and he's fantastic. So up next, um, excuse me, the Superman movie. So we knew this was something, this is a little breadcrumb that we had already gotten a couple of months ago. I'd say about a month ago, James Gunn talked about how uh, he addressed the Henry Cavill news, and he addressed that Henry Cavill will not be part of the part of DC anymore, and he won't be playing Superman. And his reasoning why was because they're telling a younger story of the character. So, um, and and I talked about how I feel like the reason why he wanted to address that first and get that out the way before this announcement was to silence all the Henry Cavill discussion and just give fans time to move on. Uh, move on sounds ridiculous. This is a comic book character, and in I think Henry Cavill had his run. I think he did well. Uh, for me personally, I, I wasn't. I've never really been the biggest Superman fan. Just in general, I find his character to to be. Uh, is gonna is gonna sound like a hot take. I just don't find the character to be that interesting. Um, I know there's elements. I know that there's very much the outsider kind of story being told. You have a guy who's an alien and he's trying to live amongst moral beings when he's clearly a god but he can't you know the certain parts of his life like when he's working at the daily planet he can't he has to channel that and he has to be he has to blend in with the other people which is inherently a struggle um so it's that duality so i like i can understand that but i'm hoping with a new take on the superman character with a new story being told a new actor i'm hoping that i can be hooked and be invested in this world so finally james gunn talked about this film. The title is officially Superman Legacy. And by the way, all this information I'm reading, I want to give credit where credit is due. It's coming from the Hollywood Reporter article. And uh, it was been, uh, it's been written by Boris Kitt. Um, I've read a lot of this stuff before. He seems to be the main guy that covers the kind of comic book side of Hollywood. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, so here we go. Here's the description. So the movie featuring the Man of Steel uh, that Gunn is writing and may direct, although no commitments on that have been made. While the two previous titles are meant to be apparatives, in Saffron's words, Superman is the true kickoff of the duo's DC's, DCU plans. Quote, it's not an origin story, said Saffron, uh, Saffron said. It focuses on Superman balancing his Kryptonian heritage with his human upbringing. He's the embodiment of truth, justice, and the American way. He's kindness in a world that thinks that kindness is old-fashioned. It's a very interesting thing to say about the character. And that's, in a way, that's sort of been my criticism. I feel like Superman's kind of a Boy Scout. Uh, but you know what? That's actually a very interesting way to put it. He is kindness in a world that kindness is old-fashioned. Now, I'm not saying it's, if you're kind, you're weak, or that's a sign of weakness, not at all. But, you know, I like characters that have a little bit of edge to them, right? And that's that's kind of been one of the reasons why I don't think Superman is as interesting. I'm not saying a character that's an asshole is the most interesting, not at all. 
I think it goes both ways. You know, there has to be elements to a character. A character can't be a complete villain. There has to be some sense of, you know, uh, arc to them, right? Um, but anyway, so our release date of July 11th, 2025 has been penciled in. 2025 is going to be a huge year for comic book films. We're going to get the Batman sequel. Uh, we're going to get this film. Um, and then we're going to get Marvel. We're going to get what comes out in 2025. I think we're going to get the Kang Dynasty, barring a delay. We're going to get the Fantastic Four. We're going to get, I think, Deadpool. Or I think Deadpool comes out at the end of 2024. Or maybe, I, I can't remember, but it's, it's, and probably a new Spider-Man film uh, that's been reported as well. So that'll be a big year for, for comic book films. But anyway, so let's get back on track. So the next project here, uh, Lanterns. Greg Berlanti's long in the works Grant, uh, Green Lantern TV series has been scrapped. And Gunn and Saffron have parted ways with the longtime DC series steward. In its place will be a new take on the space cops with power rings. Quote, our vision for this is very much in the vein of true detective, Saffron described. It's a terrestrial, it's terrestrial base. It will feature prominent Lantern heroes, Hal Jordan and Jon Stewart, and is one of the most important shows that they have in development. This plays a really big role in leading to the main story we are telling across film and TV. Excuse me. Um, this one, to me, uh, was, was probably the biggest surprise. And for me, it was that True Detective reference. Now, I'm actually still watching True Detective, and I'm not even done it. But I love it. Uh, I think it's great. The tone, the chemistry between uh, Woody Harrelson and Matthew McConaughey. And obviously, th th this is just a reference. I'm, I'm, I'm sure that this won't be the tone and like a beat-by-beat beat, you know, uh, interpretation of that. Obviously not. Uh but the fact that they're that they're saying that in the same breath of what this series could could be, that's exciting. And I'm not even a big fan, really. I'm not even really a fan at all of the Green Lantern. I, I've never seen the Ryan Reynolds film. I know it's been uh, ridiculed by a lot of people, um, but I've just never really had an interest in in you know that comic in those characters. And for all accounts, a lot of Green Lantern fans are excited because a lot of people have told me that there are basically two predominant Green Lanterns that have, that have, that have had stories told in the comics. The Green Lantern core is like an entire universe in and of itself, but the two predominant Green Lanterns have always been Hal Jordan and Jon Stewart. So a lot of fans are excited that instead of trying to figure out which one do we do, they're kind of pitting them both together in almost like a buddy cop uh, and, and that's essentially that's that's the true detect, uh, true detective reference. That's where that comes into to play here. So that's really excited, and I'm in in HBO is behind it. So that to me, like when I when I heard about that and I, when I was reading about that, that actually caught me by surprise, probably more than most of some of these other projects. But let's move on here. So up next we have we have a movie. So we have the Authority. So Authority is a movie based on a team of superheroes with rather extreme methods of protecting the planet that first originated in the late 1990s under an influential imprint known as the Wildstorm, run by artist and now head of DC Publishing, Jim Lee. Quote, one of the things of the DCU is that it's just not just a story of heroes and villains, said Gunn. Not every film and TV show is going to be about good guys versus bad guys. Giant things from the sky and good guy wins. There are white hats, black hats, and gray hats, added Saffron. They are kind of like Jack Nicholson and a few good men. They know what you want them on. Uh, sorry. They know what you want them on the wall, or at least they believe that. So pretty interesting as well. Once again, I know nothing about these characters, so I'm not going to sit here and try and pretend like I do. Uh, from the little research I know, they seem like the anti-Justice League. Uh... That's basically the best description I can give without sounding like a moron about them. I'll leave that up to the to the other channels that prioritize and covering and breaking down those you know those deep cut characters. But you know this doesn't surprise me. Um, James Gunn, we we obviously know him uh, as as the guy that likes to tell uh, or or likes to bring characters to the big screen that not a lot of people are familiar with. And now him being that, 
co-CEO of DC Studios, he's going to have to make it a priority to kind of cater to both. He's going to have he's going to have to tell, you know, and 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 reboot these characters that a lot of people know, like you know, Batman, Superman, uh, Wonder Woman. But he's also obviously going to implement characters that are deep cuts from the comics that a lot that some people are big fans of, but a lot of people don't really know them. So I'm not surprised that we're seeing something like this. Um, so that's pretty exciting. So let's move on to the next one. <clears throat> Up next, we got Paradise Lost. Uh, this is going to be an HBO Max series, and it's being described as a Game of Thrones-style drama set on the all-female island that is Wonder Woman's birthplace, Themyscira, filled with political intrigue and scheming between power players. It takes place before the events of the Wonder Woman films. All right, that's interesting. Uh, up next, we have another uh, series. It's called The Brave and the... Or sorry, this is a movie. Okay, this is the big one. So this is about Batman, so let me get into it. So DC's film, this is a film, by the way, it's called The Brave and the Bold. This is the introduction of the DCU Batman, said Gunn, of Bruce Wayne, and also introduces our favorite Robin, Damian Wayne, who is a little son of a bitch. The movie will, that's quote what James Gunn said, the movie will take inspiration from the now classic Batman run written by Grant Morrison that introduced Batman to his son he never knew existed, a murderous tween raised by assassins. It's a very strange father and son story. Uh, and importantly, it will feature Batman not played by Robert Pattinson. Um, however, there is also the Batman sequel. Pattinson will continue to portray the Dark Knight in at least one more crime saga movie directed by Matt Reeves. That movie, the executives revealed, will be released on October 3rd. Excuse me, I was mistaken. I said October 23rd. October 3rd, 2025, and is being titled The Batman Part 2. 2025 is going to be a very big year for DC crowd Saffron. Uh, Superman and Batman within the same year. Okay. So I, I know I already talked about the, the, the Robert Pattinson stuff, but I just thought I would go through one more time. So, okay, this is probably my biggest question heading into, and probably a lot of you, this is probably your biggest question heading into these announcements. What are they going to do with Batman? Because James Gunn has announced prior to this 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 whole this day that Batman was going to be a big part of the DCU. You know, some people speculated maybe they'll turn Batman for the first time ever live action wise into a series instead of a film since they'll have Robert Pattinson and maybe to divide that conf potential confusion between audiences uh, although I think most people could probably get it uh, and, and I think actually the title is a clever way to to do that right instead of just calling it the Batman and his son uh, I think that's smart that they went with the brave and the bold um, but th this answers the question and, I, and I'm very interested I'm curious so, let me just go through this. This is the introduction of DC Batman. Uh, I'll introduce his favorite Robin, Damian Wayne. Okay, so, from all accounts, uh, this seems like it's, I mean, it's, <laughs> I'm acting like I'm drawing big conclusions here. This is going to be a father and son story. And I started to sit back and I started to think about this. And I almost thought of, like, they could take the approach of God of War, right? From a perspective like that. Not in terms of the storytelling. They're not going to be rolling through a boat and going through Asgard and, and Norse mythology. But in terms of like that kind of relationship, uh, but at the same time, they're saying here that this is uh, uh, Batman to his son. He never knew existed. So that'll be interesting. I'm curious how they're going to explore that. Uh, a murderous teen raised by assassins. It's a very strange father and son story. That's That's what it said in the article. Yeah, that, I mean, that would be strange. I'm just trying to think about that. And I, I did a little bit of research and a character that has a very, well, not even a character, a a group of characters that has a very pivotal role in this story, in the comics, is um, is the League of Shadows. And, and for those of you who don't know, the League of Shadows were actually in the Dark Knight films. You had obviously uh, Raj al Ghul, uh, you had Bane, um, Although I don't know if Bane is actually a member of the League of Shadows in the comics. I think that just might have been an adaptation that uh, Christopher Nolan did. Um, and to my understanding, now for, for the comic historians, please correct me if I'm wrong. From my understanding that uh, Talia al Ghul, who's Ra's al Ghul's daughter, uh, is actually the mother of this, uh, of what's his name, Damian Wayne. And he was raised by his mother and he was raised with the League of Shadows. So that's probably the reference where they're saying a murderous tween raised by assassins. Uh, 
Um, so that's very interesting. I'm, you know, I'm curious because Batman has never really been cast young, and I, I predicted heading into these announcements that while James Gunn has said that he is going to cast a younger Superman, I didn't necessarily think they were going to do the same thing for Batman. Now, I don't think they're going to cast Batman maybe as old as Ben Affleck was when he was first cast, but I could definitely see somebody in their late 30s, early 40s being cast. Because for me, I don't really think Batman is a character that you can cast at like age 21, 22 years old. For me, I just think that's too young. And even more so to kind of go back to the casting, um, I talked about this on my last episode, but if you just look at the history of actors that have been cast to play Batman... Usually the producers don't typically take a risk in terms of, you know, status in Hollywood. Typically, we've had actors that were already very well known uh, that had already done a lot of different work. Obviously, Christian Bale, George Clooney, um, Ben Affleck. So there, there, there's a trend and there's a history of the studio not really taking that risk of maybe going for an actor. Like, let's say somebody in Tom Holland's position before Tom Holland was casting. Uh, cast as Spider-Man, you know, he was in a couple of films, but generally speaking, if you ask somebody on the street, who's Tom Holland back in 2014, I, I think most people probably wouldn't really know. Uh, now, the reason why it could be different this time is because the it, it is kind of interesting that we're going to be having two Batman. And right now we have obviously the you know the call it the solo Batman now with Ben App or excuse me with Robert Pattinson and that's a very established actor. Um, his stock has just continued to rise over the years as he's been working with a lot of auteur directors like the Safdie brothers, like obviously Robert Eggers and um, uh, I can't remember the name of the guy that he's doing the next film. His next film with uh, Mickey Seven, I think I I believe. Um, so. Now that they have this Batman that's continuing on with an already very well-known actor, maybe now James Gunn, you know, Peter Safran, the, the producers, they can possibly explore taking that risk of maybe going for somebody uh, who has been in fewer projects but has a lot of promise as an actor. Or who knows, maybe they won't. I, I still think that they could just go out and get somebody like Jake Gyllenhaal, for example. We don't really know. Excuse me. I just thought I'd kind of point that out. However, for a character like Superman, and James Gunn has specifically said he's casting younger, I feel like it's almost certain that the Superman casting will be somebody not as known to general audiences. They'll probably try and find an actor because I feel like Superman and Batman and Wonder Woman, but I feel like Superman specifically is going to really be the anchor of this DC universe, particularly for the lack of support for this character over the last 10, 15 years. Like we haven't had, when, when Man of Steel come out, uh, like 2012, 2013, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's it's been some time. And even throughout some of the Zack Snyder films, I wasn't a fan of how they treated the character and how they treated his arc. That's part of the reason why I don't find him very interesting. I just don't feel like the character was given enough in these films. So it seems like um, Peter Safran and James Gunn are making it a point to put Superman on that pedestal and have him essentially be the showrunner of the DCU. So they are probably going to want to pick out an actor who is excited and who is willing to make an imprint and dedicate and commit you know, 10 to 15 years to playing this character. Cause it's, you know, and I talked about this with a friend of mine yesterday. Uh, there's so many actors that shit on Marvel, shit on the MCU, um, for whatever reason. And I can't stand, you know, when people do that because there are millions of actors that would give everything they have to have to, to, to even get an audition to, to, to get some kind of opportunity to play in a role like that. So I think that they'll probably try and go for one of those actors that's willing to just give themselves their heart and soul to this role rather than going for a lot of these actors that they're obviously amazing and they're, they're, they're great as performers, but they have this really like pretentious attitude with like, ah, comic book films. That's not, that's not, nobody takes that serious. Like, I, I don't know. I can't say that personally. Um, 
and that's just maybe that's the the aspiring actor in me kind of bleeding out because uh, you know I don't know but yeah that's just that's just how I feel about that but anyways let's get back on track here um, to the announcements so we talked about Batman uh, next we got Booster Gold this is going to be an HBO Max series based on a unique lesser known hero created in 1986. Saffron said uh, of the series, it's about a loser from the future who uses basic future technology to come back to today and pretend to be a superhero. Gunn described it as imposter syndrome as superhero. That sounds really, really cool. And I'm I'm really surprised with the angle they're taking with some of these series. I actually would almost argue that these HBO Max series that they're developing in this chapter one here uh, almost sound more intriguing than the film side don't get me wrong i'm obviously excited for this batman project and and superman but i'm a fan of these kind of odd characters and booster gold just sounds like something like hilarious but also um entertaining and uh yeah so I'm, i'm curious to see how that one how that one plays out so up next the uh we have a couple other movies on the list supergirl woman of tomorrow Uh, Taking its cues from the recent Tom King written miniseries, this movie promises a different take from what most think of when Superman's cousin comes to mind. We will see the difference between Superman who was sent to Earth and raised by loving parents from the time he was an infant versus Supergirl raised on a rock, a a chip off Krypton, and who watched everyone around her die and be killed in terrible ways for the first 14 years of her life and then come to Earth. She's much more hardcore and not the Supergirl we're used to. So, this actually sounds very interesting. So they're basically saying here in this description that we're going to see Superman who was raised, raised in a loving household and, and, and had that parental guidance surrounding him where Supergirl, however, is more jaded, is more kind of rough around the edges because she didn't have those parental figures around her. Uh, and she literally grew up on a uh, detached piece a dismembered piece of Krypton. So that actually sounds very interesting to me. Traditionally, I wouldn't even really care about a Supergirl film, similar to how I wouldn't even normally care about a, a Superman film. But uh, to me, this description of the Supergirl film actually sounds quite interesting. So the last film on this list here uh, of these announcements is Swamp Thing, a horror film that promises to close out the first part of the first chapter uh before audiences get to see wait let me see before audiences get to see those films and series however there's a matter of this year's crop of films okay okay yeah so that round okay so that runs out the announcement so we have swamp things supergirl woman of tomorrow booster gold uh we have the brave and the bold paradise lost the authority lanterns superman legacy um Waller and Creature Commandos. Okay. So now that we got through the announcements, let me go to my notes here. Uh let's address some of I think the biggest questions that I had heading into he- heading into this announcement and if they were answered. And I feel like a lot of you will probably have these same questions as well. So for me, the first question I had, like a lot of you, is is this a full reboot? And <clears throat> I would probably call it a soft reboot. And I, I, I'm still a little bit confused. Now, f- for the most part, it seems like it is a full reboot. For the most part. But I'm not willing to completely go there and call it a full reboot. Because we're having a lot of conflicting reports. Like, for example, just the other day, uh, Dave Bautista was commenting about how he talked to James Gunn about this new job he's got. And he said... You know, he, 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 he said, I'm paraphrasing, but he, he said something along the lines of like, you know, James Gunn is, is going younger. He's rebooting. I think that's a good idea. But then you have a Waller series, right? With a man, uh, with, um, Viola Davis coming back to play the character, which is obviously a Zack Snyder kin, uh, universe character. So that kind of, you know, leaves me scratching my head. Um, and then you have, and then I didn't even mention this. You have James Gunn and Peter Safran. Like they, they talked about next year's films, Shazam, Fury of the Gods, The Flash, and Aquaman. And you got to understand that an announcement like this was 100% scripted. 
I'm sure James Gunn was very careful with each and everything that he said. And many times he acknowledged these films in the beginning of his little presentation. And he said they are, uh, they are uh, connected to the DCU. That's so once again, um, that kind of confuses me. Um, to me, I, I, I more, I more or less look at these next, uh, four films like Blue Beetle, The Flash, Aquaman, uh, Aquaman 2, um, and Shazam Fury of the Gods as almost these segues into the, the actual new DCU. But the fact that he still, once again, I'm, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but the fact that he still said that they are connected, they are connected, like that was not by mistake. Like he, he knew what he was saying. It was a calculated, it was the whole thing was calculated. It, I'm sure they've been building up this presentation for months now. Um, and actually I think the article goes on to address here. Let me see here. Okay. So this is interesting. Um, the Hollywood Reporter article said, uh, Gunn and Safran are high in the quartet made under the previous film regime in the Aegis of DC Films. Hopefully I pronounced that word correctly. Uh, run by former head Walter Hamada, Gunn calls The Flash, directed by Andy Muschietti, probably one of the greatest superhero movies ever made. Yeah, I, I'm hearing a lot of, not to get off track, but I'm hearing a lot of talk about this Flash film. And people are saying, people are comparing it to The Dark Knight. I don't buy that for a second. Uh, I will wait and see. Now, I'm interested in the film, and it, it was in my top 10 most anticipated. I think it was my number 9 or my number 10. Uh, but I think people might be blowing this one out of the water. We heard before The Eternals came out that people inside Marvel were saying it was the best film the cinematic universe has produced yet. And I love The Eternals. Well, and I love I like The Eternals, and I actually think I like it more than most people, but no, <laughs> it is no, no, it's, I wouldn't even say it's top 15 MCU, or even top 20, to be quite frank, but it's very good though, and I think this Flash film, at the very least, will be very good, uh, granted we've only had one trailer, and that trailer, that was like three years ago now, that we, or like two years ago that we got that trailer at DC Fandom. Um, yeah, so where was I going? Okay, yeah, the, the reboot. Um, yeah, I, like I was saying, I, I think it is a soft reboot. I think they're going to take, they're going to salvage these next few projects and try and see what they can get out of them and use them to segue into this next, the actual DCU. I'm still, like I said, I'm still confused that James Gunn referred to these projects as connected. But how connected are they really? You know what I'm saying? Like, are maybe they're going to do the multiverse approach. And I, I've talked about this before. I don't, maybe they will, but I don't expect them to do the multiverse approach because Marvel's already doing that. And I feel like if DC wants to start out and separate themselves as much as they can, I feel like they'll probably want to put the multiverse on the back burner for a little while, maybe address it down the road. But I didn't think that that was going to be the... Uh, the MacGuffin, if you will, right off the bat, but maybe they will. And you know, I'm sure it's possible that they can incorporate the multiverse while still separating it. I mean, it's all, it's really all just interpretation. It's not like just because Marvel is doing the multiverse, uh, or it's not even like Marvel's the pioneer of the multiverse. There's so many other TV and, and films uh, already that have, that have dealt with that. So Marvel, if anything, is coming into an already well-established um, concept but in terms of a cinematic universe, I think, like I said, I think DC probably would want to do something different uh, in terms of starting off. And they addressed the whole thing with Ezra Miller. Um, they said, among those stars is Ezra Miller, the troubled star of The Flash, who has found, uh, found themselves at the center of several criminal investigations. They pleaded guilty to trespassing earlier this month and who, in August, announced they were seeking treatment for complex mental health issues. Uh, and it's interesting. This is the first time Really, anybody from Warner Brothers publicly has uh, has talked about this. So we actually have a quote from Safran, and I believe James as well. And the article says, Safran said the executives remain hopeful Miller is on a path to betterment. 
Uh, quote, Ezra is completely committed to their recovery. We are fully supportive of that journey they're on right now. When the time is right, when they're ready to have that discussion, we will all figure out what's be- what's the best path forward. But right now, they're completely focused on their recovery. And in our conversation with them in the last couple months, it feels like they are making enormous progress. Okay. Um, <coughs> I, look, I'll give you my short little opinion about the Ezra Miller situation. I think he should absolutely be recast. I understand why they're putting the film out because there's so many other people that work their ass off on this project. Uh, and, and I get, you know, I don't condemn the studio for putting it out. Uh, however, I do think afterwards he should be let go from playing the character. And it's good that Ezra Miller is getting treatment and doing all he can to, you know, uh, get himself or get themselves excuse me, in a better place. But I think you, I think he sh- they should do that in their own time. In the meantime, in the interim, recast them, find a new actor. Ezra Miller, Ezra Miller I'm sure, can, can come back to Hollywood and have a prosperous career. We've seen actors come back from damn near horrific, uh, you know, criminal uh, behavior. So it has been done. Uh, I'm not saying it's right or wrong, but it, it's been done. And I think Ezra can, like I said, they can do that treatment on their own time. But in that meantime, I don't think it's appropriate to continue letting Ezra Miller play this character because we can't just forget. Yes, it's good to hear that they're in treatment and that they're taking this process serious. That's good to hear. You want to hear that, but you can't neglect the whole that you can't neglect the fact that they they still need to take responsibility for what they and they they're trying to and I obviously I'm just some fucking guy that has a hundred subscribers I don't know I don't know the full story and really what I say doesn't mean shit but if you want my opinion about it it's good that they're taking some responsibility it's good that they're taking steps of treatment but I think they could do that on their own time without playing the character I think the appropriate course of action recast the character. I think it's it'll speak way bigger volumes if they keep the character. And I could see I could see them keeping Ezra Miller and saying something like, "Well, we're impressed with his uh behavior and we think um he deserves a second shot." And absolutely, I think most people uh, most people barring something extremely terrible, most people deserve a second chance. Absolutely. <coughs> And I think Ezra Miller will get a second chance in Hollywood. But I don't think, I think it's too soon to just say, oh, he's, or oh, they're doing treatment. Well, great. We're going to keep him in the universe. I think they should continue doing treatment, continue to better themselves, get themselves in a healthier place. But in the meantime, I think it's the appropriate decision to recast the character. That's just my opinion. I've never really talked about that in length. Uh, I, I don't want to be one of these channels that feeds off negativity and clicks and whatever. Um, and I know that will probably, uh, kind of fuck me over a bit because I just know the landscape of YouTube and I know where YouTube is right now and probably where it will continue going. That is the most attractive content for a lot of people is that hate content. And I'm just not going to take part in that. However, I thought I would address this. I feel like I address it in a healthy way. I don't know Ezra Miller. Uh, I don't, I'm not going to sit here and, and, you know, who am I to sit here and say uh, he's this, he's that, he's the other. I'm just going off of the facts that the public knows. That's just my opinion about it. Um, But yeah, so let's get into the next question here as part of the discussion. So let's get back to the other questions that I had here that I was hoping to have answered with these announcements. my number two question is, what is the Batman situation? So I'm glad that we've actually had that answered. Now, of course, we will see in the Flash film, we're going to get Ben Affleck one last time. Uh, and we're going to get um, Michael Keaton one last time. And, you know, that's nice. It's like a nice little send off to the character. We know that Ben Affleck himself, not even just his interpretation of Batman, he had a very tumultuous experience playing the character uh, from obviously the director shifts halfway through production. Uh, through Justice League, and I think just some of maybe his own personal uh, per- personal life and things like that, which I'm not going to touch on. But 
Um, so it's, it's nice to, and he's described that his experience filming the flash, uh, from what I've heard, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think he's described that as probably his favorite experience playing the character. So, you know, that, that's nice to hear. Um, uh, but so, and then moving forward after that, we're gonna have two Batman, and I I think audiences will be able to adjust. You know that sounds silly to even say, but a lot of people have uh, kind of over exaggerated the fact that how are you gonna have two characters at the same time simultaneously? And I think they could do it. I think it's all gonna be about interpretation and approach. Like you have the Matt Reeves world, the very kind of David Fincher grit and grind, taxi driver kind of New York style Gotham universe. So then I think that what Matt, or excuse me, what James Gunn will do is maybe take a more lighter approach while still maintaining the spirit of Batman because Batman is inherently a darker character in the comics, obviously, but uh, have that cinematic universe flair, if you will. Uh, a lot of people criticize us about the MCU. There, There's that MCU uh, tastes formula, if you will. Um, I mean, that's just what makes the MCU the MCU. I, I think it's a successful formula. Um, and I, I think we'll probably see that with the DCU. You'll be able to separate these two films or these two, uh, characters rather. You, I think the audiences will get, okay, this is an Elseworld Matt Reese project. And this is the Batman that's connected to the larger cinematic universe. Excuse me. The third question, which was not answered, uh, is Jason Momoa the rumored Lobo character? So it has been heavily speculated, even teased. I'll even go one step further, even teased by Jason Momoa that he's going to be playing Lobo. Um, he was in an interview, and the interviewer asked, uh, he, the interviewer was just straightforward and, and, and addressed the rumor. He said, there's a lot of discussion going around on the internet that uh, that you're going to be playing Lobo. And of course, Jason Momoa is very vague, very coy, and answered it in a very in a very indirect indirect way. And he said something along the lines of, um, well, uh, all I'll say this is uh, a lot of people know what my favorite comic is. Uh, and you can do that research on what that is for yourself. It was something very <laughs> unclear, obviously. Uh, and he tweeted out a video the other week of him leaving a meeting, like literally in real time, like walking out uh, some mansion, uh, literally walking out shortly after having a meeting with James Gunn and Peter Safran. And I guess... What I suspect is that inter or that uh, meeting was probably ironing out maybe some contract details and, and really kind of setting the clear direction straight of what's going to be happening with you and if he is playing Lobo, what's going to be happening with you and Lobo and what your place is in the DCU. So I do I, I still believe he's going to be playing Lobo. And it is worth noting that James Gunn said that in this first chapter of films, and I like it, I actually want to quickly address that. So this chapter, chapter one is called Gods and Monsters and Gods or Gods and Monsters, I can't remember. And once again, that's a nice little way to separate themselves from the MCU because this is, you know, essentially their phase one. But instead of just calling it chapter one, uh, they're, call they're giving it sort of like a subtitle, you know, they're giving it chapter one, Gods and uh, uh, Gods gods and Monsters. I think that's, that's kind of cool. But yeah, so... It is, yeah, like I said, it's worth noting that James Gunn said that we're going to announce some projects in chapter one, but we're, we're not going to announce all of them. So I still believe that James, Jason Momoa will be playing Lobo uh, and that his Lobo film or TV show, whatever it will be, I think it will be in this first chapter, uh, Gods and Mischief. It's just one of those things that maybe just hasn't been announced yet. As for when we could get those announcements of the you know the rest of chapter one, maybe Comic Con uh, uh, this summer would be a good spot to do that. Um, or maybe I don't know if they're going to continue DC Phantom. I think that might just be one of those things from the old regime that just might be a thing of the past. Who knows? Um, maybe they'll wait a couple of years. I I don't really know how long this first chapter is going to be, or even how many chapters this eight to ten year plan will have. 
I imagine three is probably the safe guess, maybe four. Uh, it really just depends. Like we're seeing with Marvel, Marvel's condensed their phases. Before their phases used to be like six years long in length. Uh, but now they're like two years. So, you know, the, the multiverse saga will be four phases, right? Phase four, five, and six. Um, or th three. Sorry. Sorry, no, no. It's three phases, but it's shorter in length overall. It's it's not whereas the time that any by the time Endgame came out, that was like 10 years of storytelling. When Secret Wars comes out, if it doesn't get delayed, it have been seven, eight years before uh, since Endgame came out. So yeah, I'm getting off track here, but um, so yeah, we don't have the answer to that, but I, I'm still pretty confident that Jason Momoa is playing Lobo. Uh, number four, my question was, was James Gunn going to make it a priority to introduce more obscure characters over, over the familiar characters? And I, I think we got the answer to that too. I'd say it's balanced. I'd say we have that James Gunn style, you know, um, in terms of, you know, having ob obscure characters. But we're also getting the Trinity, right? We're getting the Wonder Woman series. We're getting uh, Batman and Superman. So I think a nice little ba I think it's balanced. I think it's perfect. Uh, number five is James Gunn directing the Superman legacy film, and I don't think he will be. Uh, I I think I don't think they have a director yet. But I think if he knew that he was going to be directing this film, I think he I think he would have used that as one of the headlining. Uh, things to to kind of make it make a big make a big splash in this announcement that's not to say you know maybe as he gets further in the writing process he develops a real kind of connection to the script and maybe he feels like there's nobody else that's going to direct it or or do the direct it and give it the justice that that he would have that, that he can bring to it who knows but for me I feel like he's he's been writing the film now for it seems like a little while I think if he was going to direct it, I think he would have already known. And if I think they've, or I think he would have already kind of given himself like, cause he's the CEO now he can, he can do that if like without having to, you know, seek counsel or, or ask somebody else. Um, so I think if he wanted to direct it and he knew he was going to direct it, I think that would have been one of the things he would have announced. So I don't think they have a director yet, but I don't think it will end up being James Gunn. Uh, is that all my questions here? I'm sure I probably have more. Um, oh yeah. So was the buildup to these announce to this, to this announcement day, was the buildup, you know, underwhelming, overwhelming, uh, and was it worth the wait? Um, for me, I think it was worth the wait and I gotta be honest. It actually exceeded some of my expectations. Uh, well, sort of, um, I would have liked to have seen maybe a Justice League film announced, but I'm sure that's one of those few projects in this chapter one that they left off the table to announce, uh, kind of like the Lobo situation that I just talked about. But in terms of the amount of projects that were announced, that exceeded my expectations because I only thought James Gunn and Peter Safran were only going to announce like maybe three films. That's it. I didn't even expect them to talk about TV. Uh, so the fact that they announced like five movies and like four TV shows, that I think that warranted the wait. So for me overall, I'm excited and I'm optimistic. I've always been I've always been on board with this decision to have James Gunn and Peter Safran uh, tag teaming this this new uh, cinematic universe. Um, I still, like I said, I still have some questions about, you know, the reboot. Um, it's pretty, I guess it's pretty much a full reboot, but there are still some things that I think could use some clarification, like the Waller series, um, like, like James Gunn's, uh, you know, how he explained the next, the, the most upcoming DC films. You know, maybe maybe I'm maybe that specifically I'm I'm reading too much into. Uh, maybe that's more or less just him feeling like he just has to say that. Who knows? But overall, I think it was exciting. Uh, we didn't. I didn't get everything that I was looking for, but for the most part, I feel 
I feel like it was worth the wait, and I feel I feel excited. So I'll probably cut it there today, guys. Uh, I think I managed to get through everything. I'm just trying to make sure I address everything on the table. Yeah, I I would have been really disappointed if they didn't address Batman because I've talked about this before. Marvel is my favorite collection of superheroes to watch, but Batman has always been my favorite individual superhero. So you know I can live without a Justice League announcement right now, but if they had if they neglected Batman, to me that would have been pretty disappointing. So I'm glad we at least got that. Um, hopefully in the future we get a little bit more. Uh, we get a little bit of a better understanding of, of, of this reboot. I mean, I, like, like I said for like the fifth time now, I'm pretty sure it's for the most part a reboot. Uh, but there are still some things, you know, I would, I would like to get answered, but I'm sure we will in the future. But anyways, guys, that's going to cut today's episode. If you liked what you saw, I'd really appreciate it. If you guys subscribe to the channel, uh, you know, I try to come on here every week talk about movies, talk about things that uh, people in this, uh, you know, in, in this era of YouTube like to watch. And if you ever have any suggestions, you know, throw them down in the comments below. Uh, I'm always open to new to, to new suggestions for, for content to make. Um, but yeah, like the channel, I like the video, share the channel, uh, subscribe. It's the best way to support this, this, uh, this, this channel and this this journey I'm on, I'm very, 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 very small. Uh, got a little over 100 subscribers, and you know I talked. I once again I talked about it earlier. There are some things that I I could do. You know I could go for the low hanging fruit, make that you know toxic negative content that seems to be the most attractive thing right now, and that could probably get me more views and subscribers. But I don't want to be known as that guy. You know I want to make you know. Content that has integrity and and I want to just be myself, you know, and, and, I, and I, I don't want this to be fake. I don't I want to be an actor, but I don't want this to be an act, if you know what I'm saying. So not to get all motivational and uh, and stuff like that. I'll probably cut it there because I'll start rambling on and on. But yeah, and uh, if you are looking for an audio only version of Unbashful, Good news, you can find it everywhere. All streaming platforms, uh, Apple Mute or Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Uh, it's probably up on Amazon, iHeartRadio, the whole nine. You can find it there. So if you want to listen to it on your commute to work uh, or anywhere else, um, you're going for a run, whatever, um, you can find it there. And I would very much support uh, or I would very much appreciate the support there as well. Guys, I'll cut it there. Thank you very much for watching. I will see you on the next episode of Unbashful. Stay safe, stay happy, and have a good one.